And welcome to Friday on the Piero Pelka Podcast. It's Mike here. Thanks for your patience with me this week. I've been busy filling in for Chris Plant all across the country on the Chris Plant Show. Did all five days this week. If you haven't heard any of those shows, you can go to the Chris Plant Show podcast and pick up any one of them and listen to them. I hope you enjoy them. We had a lot of fun. Uh, today, we're going to try and cover all the news for this Friday, as well as look ahead a little bit and see what's coming up, what's coming down the pike, if you will. Yesterday was the big day, the hearing for whether or not we were going to get the unredacted affidavit that triggered the search warrant at uh, Donald Trump's home. So that's, uh, that's not going to happen, though. It's really not going to happen. We were told it's going to be a delay that will wait at least a week. And then there's going to be yet another delay. I'm guessing this is going to be uh, trickling through all the way up to the midterms. And what the Democrats are trying to do is use this raid and the argument over the affidavit and the warrant and everything that was collected to smear anyone who ever supported Donald Trump, anyone who ever has an R after their name. They're going to try and say, see, they like Trump. Trump is the guy. He had all those documents. Isn't he an awful guy? So it's an effort to make this go all the way up to the midterms in an effort to try and save any seat in the House and to win the Senate, which Mitch McConnell is now saying he doesn't think the uh, Republicans can win the Senate, which isn't exactly comforting, Mitch. Uh, You need to get out there and do some pushing of your candidates because even though you don't think it's possible, there's still a bunch of us who think there is a chance. And we would like to see everybody all hands on deck all the way to the finish line. But uh, that's just me. So not much to say about the affidavit and the hearing other than it's going to keep going on and on and on and on. There's some other stories we have to talk about, though. We have to talk about the finale of reliable sources. Brian Stelter is done. Brian Stelter, the man people have compared to Humpty Dumpty, a human potato, Mr. Potato Head over at CNN. But I think in the end, Brian Stelter was mostly an unreliable source. Brian Stelter was a guy who carried water for the Democrats. Brian Stelter was a guy who could not be relied upon. And the 30-year-old show that he was helming for the last, I think, eight years is ending this weekend. His last show will be on Sunday. I can give you a preview of it. It should sound a lot like what Brian Stelter's final show on CNN Plus sounded like. Have you seen anything like this happen before in the media business? No. I mean, no. And first of all, I think I'm making history right now. I've never been on a program talking about the demise of that program (laughs) well we probably have more viewers now than ever before because there's so much curiosity uh that's probably true he said this on his uh final cnn plus show that everybody tuned into to see if there was anything dumb gonna happen they should just run this on cnn on sunday stelter's gonna probably cry i'm sure he'll have oliver darcy on there and why didn't oliver darcy get fired Why didn't that guy get canned, too? Maybe that's going to happen. We don't know. I'll let uh, Stelter finish his 
his uh, dumb statements from the final show on CNN Plus. And, uh, and you know, it's, let yes, me, it's let like me the, try the out a theory on Let me try out a theory on you, Matt, which is it's too yeah. early to know if this product, if this service was a success or a failure. I've, you know, you got all the haters today saying this thing was a failure. I don't know if we can even ever assess that because it just simply didn't have enough time because of the management's change in direction. And at the end of the day, if you buy something, if you buy a giant media company, you get to do whatever you want with it. But it does mean there's a lot of suffering uh, for employees and, frankly, disappointment among subscribers as a result. Well, there's a lot of suffering among people who had to watch your show. And I don't know what's going to happen on Sunday. We'll find out. Uh, what an embarrassment. He um, he's said so many bad and dumb things over the years. He supported so many things that we knew were untrue. Like he kept saying the the uh, Russia collusion hoax was real. He said Hunter Biden's laptop was not. He was constantly saying things that made him look like a fool. Joe Rogan had a lot of things to say about Brian Stelter, too. They were saying, there's people on YouTube right now that get more views than this show. This is because the market has spoken. <laughs> right. And your show's f***ing terrible. Brian Stelter talking to the press secretary saying, what are we doing wrong? What are we doing wrong? Like, hey, mother you're supposed to be a journalist. Yeah, but he stopped being a journalist a long time ago. A very long time ago. And he hung out with the likes of Stephen Colbert. The craziest set of circumstances you can imagine. This was definitely awkward for CNN, though. Overall, I think what was most important is that we covered the story on air just the same we would any other story. He was talking about the um, Cuomo story, about the lesser Cuomo, Chris Cuomo, and the fact that his helping his brother Andrew through all of those scandals was uh, not really covered the way it should have been covered. He said it was, but it wasn't. And he kept up that front all the way through to the end before Cuomo finally got cut. You've got media critics condemning Chris, calling on CNN to take action. You have some colleagues here at CNN who were mad at Chris Cuomo for putting the network in a tough spot and wanted to see action. You also have a lot of viewers, though, who love Chris Cuomo and are now ticked off that he's off the air and they want to see him back. I think the bottom line is that Cuomo is on the bench for now. We're heading into a holiday season. I think it's possible he will be on the bench for several weeks. It's possible he'll be back in January. It's possible he'll be thrown out, which he was. Stelter was the guy who supported Avenatti as a possible Democrat presidential candidate, and uh, he had it in for Fox News, always attacking Fox News, endlessly. There are real problems in Portland, but it is made up on Fox News like it's this raging fire out of control. And that is a gross exaggeration. Not really, not really, but you're gone now. I'm not worried about Brian Stelter finding a job. He'll turn up somewhere. There are many liberal outlets and he will be rewarded for his loyalty to the party. Someone will speak up for him. It'll be MSNBC. It'll be PBS. Somewhere he'll turn up. So don't cry for Brian Stelter. But at the end of the show, we will have a little tribute to him. We will pay tribute as the, the folks at Grabian, Tom Elliott, has put together an epic montage that we will share with you before we get out of here. Other things that we uh, need to look out for uh, today going forward. Keep your eye on what's going on in Ukraine. 
I'm just telling you, there's a whole lot of talk about what's happening in Ukraine, especially as it relates to the uh, nuclear power plant that Russia has surrounded, but uh, told all the workers to stay home Friday. Hmm, that would be a bad thing. I'm proud of uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene, not somebody I often support. Marjorie Taylor Greene, kind of a rough presentation in most cases, but she has come out with something really spectacular. She has a bill to ban puberty blockers and gender reassignment surgery in minors, and there are hardly any supporters. She deserves to have a 100% support from everyone in the House, Republicans and Democrats, but the Democrats won't support it. They're the ones who are always saying, we have to do this for the children, for the children. But they won't. And it's really disgusting when you think about allowing puberty blockers to be given to children without parental consent, to allow hospitals to perform surgeries. They call it gender affirming or gender confirming. But it's really genital genital mutilations. So I wish Marjorie Taylor Greene would get more support. She's not going to. I talked about Mitch McConnell already. Uh, um, There's a lot of concern, as McConnell said, he doesn't know if the Senate can be won. But there was a lot of concern about places like Ohio and Pennsylvania and Georgia in terms of these races. And in Ohio, the Senate race between uh, Tim Ryan and J.D. Vance It's been polling in favor of the Democrat, Tim Ryan, who's already in the House. But he's the guy who's out there trying to sound like he supports Donald Trump's policies while he is truly a Democrat who votes with Pelosi and Schumer and Democrats each and every time there is a vote. Well, the latest polls have Vance pulling ahead right now. I guess maybe people are starting to wake up. Governor DeWine in Ohio is also ahead by 16 points. And if Donald Trump were on the uh, ballot against Joe Biden, he would win easily by 14 points. And in a generic ballot, the GOP has a 10-point advantage in a state that we have come to see as a reliable Republican state. And that's from Emerson College polling. That's not like from some wacky polling. That's real, serious, professional polling. Good stuff. Uh, There's also a report out that shows COVID lockdowns were a disaster for everybody, but especially for young people. It destroyed the um, education of kids, took the education away from them, but also took socialization away from them. So maybe, just maybe, the CDC and the NIH and the people in charge of the government will think twice before doing more lockdowns in the near future. I'm just saying, just throwing that out there. Be a little smarter next time. I am worried about the economy. Housing is in a recession. I know the Democrats redefined recession, but we had six straight months of uh, housing dropping. That's two consecutive quarters. That would make it a recession if it were the overall economy. So pay attention. This is a big thing. It's an indicator of where we're going to go for the next six months as well. But if you're looking to buy a house, maybe you'll get a better deal on it. But it's not good for the overall economy. Uh, Giving out a quick Woke Olympics award to um, the uh, British Royal Air Force. 
They get a Woke Olympics gold medal for pausing the hiring or recruiting of white males. Why would you want to not get the best pilots, no matter what race or gender? Why wouldn't you just base the hiring of pilots for your Air Force on their skill levels? Well, the RAF says, oh, we just we don't have the right quotas. We don't have the right racial and gender balance. So we're stopping hiring white males. And guess what? The head of the recruitment, who happens to be a female, said, this is Bravo Sierra. We're not standing for this. And she resigned. So to her, we give a tip of the cap. But to the uh, Brits and their military, we give them a gigantic woke Olympics gold medal. And uh, speaking of woke Olympics, uh, the government will get one if this prediction comes true. There's a new analysis that says if Joe Biden gets all the wind power he wants, he will also have, wait for it, only half as many golden eagles in the country because the the giant wind turbines will be killing half of the golden eagles. Good job, Joey. Good job. There's a uh, Woke Olympics gold medal waiting for you. I do want you to keep your eye out uh, for something called Citizens for Sanity. They're kind of like uh, Woke Olympics medal givers themselves. They're putting up billboards all over the country that are mocking the progressives. There's a billboard, for example, out there that says, open the jails, open the borders, close the schools, vote progressive this November. That's fabulous. They have another one that says, protect pregnant men from climate discrimination. You see what they're doing there? Protect pregnant men from climate discrimination. Very good. And uh, my favorite, though, is the one that they paid and put up outside in several cities that reads, violent criminals deserve our compassion and respect. This fall, stand for strong, progressive values. Yeah, violent criminals deserve our compassion and progressive. No, they deserve to be behind bars in prison now, as soon as possible. All right, I want to get to uh, Brian Stelter and give you a little more from Humpty Dumpty, who had a great fall yesterday. But we need to talk to our friend Jim Stovall for a little winner's wisdom on this Friday. He's next on the Pure Opelka podcast. Before we get to Jim Stovall and the discussion of this week's winner's wisdom column with our friend who is the... uh, inventor of the Narrative Television Network, um, Emmy-winning Narrative Television Network, the author of 50-plus books, and so many speaking engagements, I'm sure we can't even count them. Before we get to Jim, I want to play the clip that I think may have played a role in inspiring this week's Winner's Wisdom column, and it comes from a long time ago in a government office far, far away. As we know, there are known knowns. There are things we know we know. We also know there are known unknowns. That is to say, we know there are some things we do not know. But there are also unknown unknowns. The ones we don't know, we don't know. Of course, that's the late Donald Rumsfeld and uh, a famous quote from the Pentagon during his, his time in the Pentagon. Uh, Jim Stovall, welcome, my friend. Is that the clip I'm sure that stuck in your mind before this column was penned? 
Yeah, I, I am. And this week we're talking about taking stock. And, uh, you know, uh, I chose to take uh, Mr. Rumsfeld's thoughts and apply them to the stock market. You know, I've written well over a thousand of these uh, weekly syndicated columns, and I put my contact information in all of them, and I hear from people literally all around the world. And the number one most asked questions about what do I do with my money? And uh, managing money is simple, Mike. It's uh, managing uh, ourselves is the hard thing. I mm. mean, you know, it, money money pretty much acts the way it's supposed to, and, you know, dollars have 100 pennies, and it's uh, fairly easy. But, um, you know, when you look at uh, the unknown unknowns as far as investing our money, that's things like the pandemic and, uh, you know, wars and things like that. And we can't predict those, and we don't know. So I always tell people one critical thing when you look at the investing in, in the market is you need a five-year horizon. If the money's going to be in there for five years, uh, generally speaking, you're good to go, and I, I wouldn't worry too much about it. And then he talked about, you know, there are unknown knowns, which are the things that come around. We, we know they're coming. We don't know how much they'll affect us. Election cycles, year-end rallies, those sorts of things affect it. And then there are the known knowns that we uh, don't pay attention to as often as we should. That's when are we going to retire? Uh, when are our kids going to go to college? When are we going to need this money? And those are the things that impact us. But, uh, you know, if we will look at those, everybody worries about the things that are unknowable, and, and, and they discount or disregard the things that, uh, that we know and we control, and we've got to control the things that are within our purview. And I, I'm so glad you brought that up. When you talk about the things that we actually have agency over, that we have real input in, like, as you said, when we're going to retire. That is something that we can look at and say, okay, that's the destination. Now, how do we get there? And we so often get distracted by things that we cannot have any effect over. And they, they make us worry and they keep us up at night. And it's, uh, it's something that I know I need to be reminded of. Uh, worry about the things you have, something that you can do to affect them. Yeah, and we so many people try to pick individual stocks or, you know, that everybody gets excited about the day traders. And, uh, you know, you're, you know, you have to remember when you look at the stock market for every winner, there's a loser. Every time you buy somebody sold and you think it's time to get in, somebody else thought it was time to get out. And for day traders, you've got to realize uh, you're up against some really, really smart people. And that's why I'm a big fan of indexes and you just buy the whole market. It's, kind of like if you ask me, is it going to be hot in August? I can tell you, yeah, August will be hot. It will be hotter in August than it would be in February. That, and that's buying an index. Now, if you say, will the 23rd of August be hot? I don't know. I don't know, and I'm not willing to bet my future on it. So, um, you know, picking those individual stocks and the timing on that uh, really, really doesn't work. And, uh, you know, there, there's uh, a lot of books out, Invest Like Warren Buffett and everything, and I just decided years ago I'm not, I can just buy Berkshire Hathaway. I invest in <laughs> Warren Buffett, and that enables me to uh, partake in his shareholder meetings. And, uh, you know, I have found he has a fairly simple, uh, straightforward, you know, no-frills uh, uh, approach to investing, and uh, that's what we all can do. And and you can't get excited about the quick upturns and downturns of the market. I always tell people it's like a 
Imagine a young child walking up a staircase playing with a yo-yo. If you look at the yo-yo bouncing up and down, it will make you crazy, and you will do uh, bad things and make bad decisions. If you just keep your eye on the child slowly ascending up the staircase, you're going to be fine and uh, you know, keep that five-year horizon in your mind. As long as you've got five years, you've got plenty of time to make it back. You know, in, in recent memory, the, the 08 downturn in the market, you know, it was devastating. People lost 40, 50% of their, of their portfolio uh, in 2008. But by 2011, it was all back. And uh, within five years, we were in positive territory and moving into uh, the biggest bull market uh, uh, of our lifetimes, which we're still enjoying. So um, I, I just, uh, you know, there's these little downturns and blips. But uh, if you've got the five-year horizon, don't worry about it. This is why history is always important. You have to make sure you study history, not just the the history of governments, the history of people, our own personal histories, but the history of finance is important. And there are indications. And I, I love the fact that Jim Stovall has all this wisdom. But, Jim, I, I have to tell you, I'm kind of surprised that the number one question is about about money and finance, because when I read your columns, I find this is a a personal direction. You know, this isn't about, hey, how are you going to create wealth, but more how are you going to create personal wealth, individual wealth inside myself? And that really surprised me. It's just a sidebar for me. Well, in money, you know, I always tell people money is a tool. It's not an end in and of itself. It's a tool to get us from where we want to go. You know, I, I, uh, it's like gasoline for our car. Unless we know where we want to go and how we want to get there, the gasoline really doesn't help us. And, uh, and having more gas than it takes to go everywhere you want to go really doesn't matter. Money is just a tool to get us from here to there. I love it. I love it. I love all of it. Jim Stovall is uh, the guy who joins us each and every week with the Winner's Wisdom column and the Breakdown. You can get the column every week just by going to jimstovall.com. Sign up. It shows up in your mailbox. Just so simple. And then we get to break it down and pick Jim's brain, which I appreciate. And I'm I'm sure you occasionally don't appreciate my picking on your brain, Jim. But, you know, that's too bad. Well, I enjoy it. And, uh, you know, you got to help those that are in need, Mike. And that's just the way it is. <laughs> I was waiting for it. It took him six <laughs> minutes to get there. But he finally stuck the landing. Thank you, my friend. I so appreciate you. Be well. Before we get out of here, I promised you a special, very special musical tribute to Brian Stelter, who is gone. We won't have Brian Stelter to kick around CNN anymore, although I'm sure he's going to show up somewhere else. This comes to us from uh, our friend Tom Elliott over at the Grabian Group. Grabian provides a lot of clips for people like me and people in the media. And Tom, instantly, I don't know how he did it. He must have had some of this ready. Put together a brilliant tribute to Brian Stelter and all of the insanity he foisted upon us over the past eight years. Most of this coming the past couple of years. Farewell, Mr. Potato Head. That would be funny if it wasn't so insidious. Ginning up hate. CNN is so much bigger 
than any single individual. Too much of the U.S. media chatter is distorted to the point of being dishonest. Don't be so hateful. Is that too much to ask? I don't know. Maybe it is. Trust in media. Has CNN lost trust? We're living in two different realities, supported by two different news worlds. It's almost like we need two kinds of newscasts. Uh, or two versions of the weather report. The forecast is pretty sunny for the vaccinated, but it's quite bleak in some states for the unvaccinated. I'm glad that we work in a building where everyone's vaccinated. Looking ahead to 2020, uh, one reason why I'm taking you seriously as a contender is because of your presence on cable news. <laughs> what does the press get wrong when covering Biden's agenda? When you watch the news, when you read the news, what do you think we get wrong? I'm gonna go a little bit, uh rogue here, so bear with me, okay? Trump's odd behavior with Vladimir Putin is compelling so many people to ask, what does Putin have on Trump? Has Trump been compromised? When you see um, entire media companies essentially exist to tear down Joe Biden, is there an equivalent to that on the left tearing down Trump? <laughs> You're cracking me up. The lying, the deception, the anti-media attacks, it is getting worse. Being clear about the threat to democracy is one of the most important things that American journalists can do. Reducing a liar's reach is not the same as censoring freedom of speech. Freedom of speech is different than freedom of reach. I think we're gonna look back someday and say, wait, they tried to ban the 1619, like, like we're gonna look back, we're just gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna make no sense in 30 or 40 years. Um, but is this just the white lash in another form? The media organs that profit from conflict are on a crusade now working overtime to demonize Disney, claiming the company is indoctrinating and sexualizing children through movies and TV shows. Sorry, just it, it pisses me off. We will always have flaws, we will always screw up, we will always have to run corrections, we will always have to keep working to make it better and better and better every single day. And, I mean, for all we know, these emails are made up, or maybe some are real and others are fakes, we don't know. But we do know that this is a classic example of the right-wing media machine. Let's just raise the bar for everybody, though. Standards higher across the board. The people who say we're lacking journalism, that we've become an all-talk channel, that we've run off and we're all opinions all the time, that Jeff Zucker led us astray, those people aren't watching CNN. They're not watching CNN. They're watching complaints about CNN on other channels that don't know what they're talking about. That's the truth. Sunday is Brian Stelter's final show on CNN. He'll be back. We'll have Brian Stelter to kick around again. I'm confident, but I will be watching Sunday just to see if there's anything we can mock come Monday. Till next time, testudo, my friends. Testudo. 